Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 141. Did we make it? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we oh, we did. We did. All right, good, good. Thanks, thanks, Nathan. You're welcome. I needed confirmation. New listeners, this is a little thing they have that yeah. you'll see in every episode. That's right. Go back and watch all the other episodes, and, you, and that will make it's sense. It's not fascinating or anything. It's well, just something not. they a do. A super fan is going to cut it together into a, oh. into a massive cut. Do we have one of those? I'm sure we do. You know, I'm finding out more and more. I'll, I'll meet people. They're anonymous, apparently, and people go, oh, I watch the podcast. I go, oh. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's generally why <laughs> I say. How's your life going? Yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> it's a big spiritual problem for me. I judge those people. Yes. So. Yes. Really? You listen to this? Yeah. So okay. if, if you're new and none of that makes sense to you, my name's Jason. This is Ed and this is uh, Nathan. And uh, did I get your names right? Yes, I did. And uh, we, uh, we, we're part of the teaching team at Community Christian Church. We are uh, having conversations every week, uh, may, may, mainly answering questions that you send us and hopefully help you think and respond to our world like Jesus would. I felt like before we jump in, we got a two for this week. We've got two questions we're going to deal with. Somebody just sent them rapid fire, just two questions. Two questions. They're kind of unrelated. Same person, you Same think? person, because they came in on the same thing. But okay. I, I figure we'll just go ahead, because one Boom. of them might be quick. But before we do, I, before I, we I do. failed to mention this last week, and okay. I should have mentioned this, and I apologize because I forgot, but something has changed about our podcast that we need to let the people know. We need to let you know. We just need to let the people know. See, there was a time, for those of you who we are... We are now sponsored by Squarespace. No. <laughs> they would never. No. Oh. So there I, was a time when we once had a, a producer named Joel who we used to give a hard time to. Joel, Joel would interact with and us. He and he would yeah. interact with yeah. us. And then Joel left us, and then we had Bill for some time. Yeah, and did. Bill did not interact. He just stood over there yeah. and, Bill, ju and well, judged us. Sometimes totally. Bill would just leave. Yeah, that is true. He, <laughs> he put up, and then he just left. He just walked away. He just, he just, he just left. I he mean, said, one day he was just it. gone. I can't do it any longer. <laughs> and so we went producerless for a little bit. For a we little were just bit. Doing it on our own. Nobody knew that probably, but now we have us a producer. Yes, a, a brand new producer for today. We don't know. It's his first time. If he doesn't run off, yeah, yes. that's right. Charlie is with us. Charlie is our new producer. Thanks for being here. Charlie. Say hi, Charlie. Hello. He Thank said you. hello. He didn't say hi. <laughs> no, well. He's not going to do what you said. Yeah, that's exactly. I like he, that about he's Charlie. He's a producer. He can do whatever he wants I to do. Like Charlie already. As far as we know, he's not even recording. He's right not now. recording. He might not be. But Charlie's back behind the camera. He's uh, he's making us look stupendous. And uh, making us sound good, because uh, we need that. We just had a mic adjustment a minute ago. We that, did, that and that was, was all Charlie. Was, that was all Charlie. So just, just cut all this, man. Just like cut, <laughs> cut it all. Just cut it all. So we're happy about that. So if you've got any questions pertaining to our producer, Charlie, <laughs> yeah, send those as well. Ask, about Charlie. Ask about Charlie. <laughs> that would be great. Now, we, we, here's the questions for today. We need okay. to get to those because we're going to... Because it's a twofer. It's a twofer, and we want to be respectful of the superfans' time. That's right. All one of them. So the, here's... Sydney and Sherry. There yeah. you go. I'm going to do the first question, and then we're going to wait to get this. Here's the first question, very simple. They would like to know, anonymous persons would like to know, first of all, what version of the Bible do you recommend? Now, for those of you who don't know, there's lots of versions of the Bible. There are. Lots of translations. I'm assuming this person wants English. 
I'm assuming that too. <laughs> yeah, not not usually, the Spanish. I usually right? recommend English. Or they could be watching us in some other country and they could be translating. With well, then they know. should also get that. They need to ask. <laughs> they need to ask someone from from, from their, your yeah, yes. native language what what we should do. So I'll clarify. What English version <laughs> okay. of the Bible do we recommend? I bet we all have a different answer for this one. Well, I do know. We, mm, do we? I don't know. I probably would. It depends. Because to me, it depends on who I'm talking to. If I don't know you, I probably would just recommend the NIV. If I don't, if I don't know you and you're just coming to me on a Sunday morning saying... What Bible would you use? And Nathan doesn't care about you. He just doesn't, doesn't care about, about you. you. I, just don't, I just don't. I don't know you. I don't know you, and you're an anonymous person. I yes. give you this. You get answer. the NIV. It, the, you you get the NIV. Every, everyone gets the NIV. I think the NIV is probably the easiest to understand. So in, in, One of if, my professors if, translated John. Well, there you oh, go. The NIV. Yeah, it's so special. So, <laughs> so if, so if a kickback for every no, no, every NIV no, sold, no. I, think, I think what Nathan we is saying we did not get along well in that class. I think what Nathan is saying is if the Bibles were were like the thirty one flavors of ice cream, the NIV is mm. vanilla. Oh, wow. No, I never thought just, of it that way. Just, I need to standard. think deeply about that. You know, ice cream is really important to me, yeah, me so too. I don't know I that I don't know that I would. Oh, I, I, just, don't know I just derailed the podcast <laughs> by bringing up yeah. ice cream. No, I think NIV is I'm just telling you, hard vanilla, uh, good vanilla is hard to beat. And so is the NIV. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So tell us about the NIV. Why? No, I would just. I just think. I think it is the easiest uh, to to read and understand. That is. Um, a you know as they say there are like there are word for word translations phrase for phrase translations all those kind of things it is it is uh, it is less paraphrased than other translations which I also enjoy yep uh, so I don't have I don't have any of that I personally and I don't know if that's what they're trying I don't know when they say do you recommend it's recommend if it's know. recommend NIV is my recommend but okay. I I personally I have several different translations mm-hmm. that I read daily mm-hmm. so. I don't have, I don't just have one that I read because that's that's the way that I like to read things, especially scripture. Well, and I would say to you, if you're a person that wants to, you are thinking about studying, which is different than reading. Mm. Yeah, you should you should always whatever passage you're studying, because I'm assuming you don't know the original languages. The easiest way to do that is just read that passage from numerous different translations. Yeah, which you can do. Oh yeah, on. Bible, Bible Gateway, Gateway or Bible.com. Yeah. You can you can read a lot of different translations and you'll get at whatever you're trying to figure out because it's just translators using the words. They're all giving you the same meaning, but they're showing you the word meaning of the original language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nuances. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, okay. Um, so when you are, other than the NIV, throw out what are the other ones that you're... So, so... On our morning prayer time, the one that I I use the uh, English Standard Version f- to read the Psalms. I okay. think uh, that, or I don't have it, but I know that the the New American Standard is the English Standard basically version for Americans. It's English Standard Version. I get some U's on Savior in ah, uh, so in the English spelling. Yes, alternate yeah. spellings. But okay. I think for in reading the Psalms, I like the way that the poetic, I think it, it is more evocative language, mm-hmm. um, whereas the NIV, which I think is probably he- more helpful, especially if you're a new believer, to get the meaning behind something, there's a leveling out a little bit of the language. It's more um, direct and clear, whereas the ESV, because it's a little more word-for-word of a translation, 
it's more like poetry. It's more evocative. And so some of the meaning, if you don't fully understand the context, for like a new believer might be confusing. You might read it and go, oh my Lord. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. some, whereas the NIV kind of levels it out a little bit more and I think is a little easier to understand. So I do that. Okay, all right. Yeah. I think for me, if, if and again, I'm assuming when you say recommend, if you were someone that came to me personally and said you wanted a recommendation and I knew that you were very new to the Bible, you were just starting right now, if I had to, give you one, I would give you the New Living Translation. Mm, uh, I like that one for, for people who are novices to the Bible because, uh, like Nathan was saying, um, they take some words that don't mean a whole lot in our culture these days that mean a lot in the Christian culture, mm -hmm. and they, they expound those out a little bit. Like, you're not going to find words like, you know, propitiation and, uh, sure. you know, those kinds of things that really don't mean anything to anybody. They take those ideas and then they they make them very modern and easy to understand. And so I like that about it. Um, I, I tend to I tend to bounce back and forth, like you said, from versions to versions. So there'll be like in my discipleship rhythm, I'll be reading one book, and I'll just decide for that book I'm going to read this version. So I just finished this morning. I finished Luke, and so I've been reading in the in the New Living Translation in that one. Um, so when I switch to another book tomorrow, <laughs> I will probably pick a new one. Uh, I also, uh, sometimes it's the NIV. Uh, I like that one. Uh, I, I do like N.T. Wright's uh, yeah. New, uh, Testament, new for Testament for Everyone is what it's called. The New Testament for Everyone. Unless you buy it in a physical copy. Because I have a physical copy okay. and it's called... Oh, I'll, I'll remember it in a minute. Right. It's called like the King's Testament or something. Because oh. I because I Googled like New Testament for everyone to buy it. It's that's what it's called on like U version and Bible oh. Gateway. But the one I have, it's the one I, I so I read out of that. Yeah. When when I'll uh we a, Friday, a small group I, I lead on Friday nights. I teach out of that one. Okay. Um, but okay. I also really like yeah. that one. That's I enjoy to read one. it. And then sometimes I just get, you know, when I'm not studying, like Ed said, when I'm not studying the Bible, I'm just reading it for devotional purposes, me and God, because I want to hear what he has to say to me. I'll even reach and get some of these, you know, paraphrases, like the message. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. just for me to just, and, and I'll tell you why I do that. It's not because I get, well, part of me gets bored sometimes, and I have to really keep myself fresh or else sure. I, I get into a rhythm. And for me, the NIV was the, the, the version that I learned as a child. And mm. so my temptation is to just read over it too fast because I know it too much. Mm -hmm. I need something that will slow me down to get my thinking and then my heart engaged. And so I need some of that, and that's why I do it. And, and I listen to God a little bit better when I do those. But again, it's not the, the, the versions I go to when I want to teach someone exactly what the text means and what it says. I'm just trying to get my heart and my mind both engaged. Mm -hmm. I like to do those as well. So sometimes the message, sometimes the passion translation I'll touch mm -hmm. on, not as much. Um, you know, you version kicked up, kicked the passion translation Did they really? Out. So maybe it's bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I'm not as, I, I don't know. <laughs> or... <laughs> I think they just didn't pay them. Ah. <laughs> that's what. That's what. That's the copyright what I, ran out. I think it's. I okay. think it's a more of a, a no, business it was, decision. It was, it was a little more than that, but I don't want to. Oh, no, it's okay. not, it's well, not important to get into it. Right. I read the. I read the article. It's a oh. little more than that. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, uh, the two they mentioned that are the two I would recommend. NLT is what I recommend to everybody when they come up and they're just looking for a new yep. Bible. I think that's the easiest 
modern translation. And before we're done, I want to talk about that thing, because that's the question people have of modern translations. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But in NLT, NIV, and then personally, and this is just a decision when Jason was, I do this for study and for personal enjoyment. I bought a copy of the Bible on Kindle and because I couldn't find it anywhere else. I wanted a version of the Bible that did not have verse, chapter, oh. or headings in mm-hmm. it. I just, I got tired of mm. having to read people's headings and going, yeah, that shouldn't be there. Mm. Or why did you decide to put a chapter break there? That makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I now have a copy of that on Kindle, and I cannot think of the version it is, but mm. that I can read that. Now, the frustrating part of that is when I occasionally take it, our elders study scripture together as part of our meeting together, and one, our one. elder <laughs> who leads it is very much on this particular verse. He'll go, read that verse, and I go, I, I don't know which verse you're in because I don't have any of those markings. So I no longer bring that copy to that Bible study uh, because I have to, uh, I can't study along with anybody else. But it is much better for me reading because it oh, is yeah. just the way it was written as a letter or something like that. I like that. So I, one of the things I do want to say to people, because this is, I think, I don't know that this is what this person is asking, but I often get questions about it, and they go, there's so many English translations. How do you know which one to trust, and mm-hmm. why are they always updating them? Well, the reason, and, and this is what I'd want people to understand, the reason you update the King James to the NLT, which is one of the more modern ones, is because not the Bible has changed, nor the translators are trying to change it, right. but English, English has definitely yes. changed. Yes. And so to use... 1611, that's the original King King James. James. So now we're, what, how long ago is that? That's uh, 407 years. 407 years since 16, no, more than that, 411 years since then. Welcome to the math podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Can I have a blackboard and I'll show you how to get to that? Anyway, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, English has changed so much in that time that... To read it is like reading a different language. And so you need somebody to translate that for you. In very much the same way almost everybody felt in high school when somebody would say to you, okay, we're going to read this Shakespeare thing. Mm -hmm. And you'd read it and go, I don't have a clue what forsooth means. Or any of those things. It's because somebody had to translate it Mm -hmm. to modern. So even something like the NIV was translated, he was in the process of translating John while I was in college in 1970. Yeah, I was in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, that he's translating John. And when that came out, people were like, why do we need the NIV? Because at our, the school I went to, you could only come to a class with the New American Standard Bible because that was what every professor considered to be the most accurate translation. Mm-hmm there was this big deal over we couldn't even use our professor's translation yeah. in a class. But, of course, eventually the NIV then became the standard that most right. churches use. Mm-hmm. It's just that English continually changes, so it must be updated yes. so that people, the only reason to do a translation is so that everyday people can read it. And remember, when the first English Bible, the King James Version, came along, all they had it in at that time was like in Latin. That's right, yeah. Greek, so Latin. That Greek or Latin, and they were all reading out of that, and most of the people couldn't understand that. That's right. And so it was an attempt to, so all of these translations that, you know, you call them modern if you want to, but they're just attempts to, like you said, speak to people the language that they are speaking. Right, allow people of their time to yeah. read the Bible, the Word of God, in their contemporary 
the same way you wouldn't take an English Bible to Haiti and force them That's to have right. to read it in English. Well, currently, one of my favorite translations I use when I do my discipleship readings is the uh, First Nations translation of the New Testament, which is done by um, in, in, in a, a man who is in, indigenous, I believe, because he uses the term First Nations, Canadian, so what we might refer to as a Native American person from uh, Canadian territories, uh, and he, he has translated, it's in English, but it is written with the culture and the, um, the kind of, even the naming techniques of, so they'll, they'll take like, uh, I'm trying to remember what Paul's name is when I read it, every time I read it, his name is like, like he who speaks with might or something like that. And they'll say that every time. So it's written in this kind of thing. But what's, what I love about reading it is it takes these kind of concepts that to me are so familiar that they almost become, uh, I almost ignore them, like referring to God gets referred to as the great spirit and that Jesus is the son of the great spirit. And there's all these kind of things. And it makes me rethink about the translations. But when you read about his thing, because as you can imagine, it was a very controversial thing when he wrote it. But his, his intention was for Native Americans and for First Nations people, when he would speak to them, he wanted a translation that spoke directly to them. That when they could read it, it was authentic to the scriptures. He's a New Testament scholar. But he said, I want it to be... It, once again, it's in English. You can read it, but for them, would be culturally, they would read it and go, "Oh, I understand what the yeah. message of Jesus is trying to get to." I had a friend that uh, left college to go to a particular part of Africa where they didn't have a translated copy, and his job was to go learn the language first because mm -hmm. they didn't have a written language, mm -hmm. create a le written language. So he's been at this. I mean, it took him almost thirty years to get to the point that he could mm -hmm. create a written language. Yeah. That and. So all of it had to be translated, not just the words, but the concepts, the right. concepts they have. Right. Um, what is God? How would they say God in theirs? And it does sound, when you hear it in English, it sounds very foreign to us, but there isn't anything in the scripture that indicates we have to use those phrasings that we That's commonly right. use. Like he refers to the, and this, honestly, it's helpful to me because what it forces me to do is I now who have grown up, I mean, I've lived my whole life in, in American Christian culture it forces me to be an outsider to then try and I have to go through a couple levels. Like he refers to the church as uh, the, the spirit's tribe. And there's an idea of you step out of your former tribe to become a part of a new tribe. Well, that's obviously a very Christian idea. But whereas when I grew up of church and church it, to me, even though I know it and I've taught it, is this more event or it's like this kind of loose association. When I read it in that way, I go, oh, wow, that... That is such a radical idea that I would belong to a new tribe. I would leave the people to become part of a it's new tribe. a little tribe. what, you know, we're studying the book of Ephesians. There's a little bit of that kind of feel in Ephesians. Yeah, I mean, yes. You becoming identified with this. Ephesians in this translation has been wonderful to read because, once again, you're talking about a concept. They understand, because they are a very collectivist society, they understand all of that to say, when I read the Bible, it is helpful when I read it in multiple translations, because even the concepts come alive in different ways, and it helps me to not only get a better understanding, but really to fall more in love with the ideas that Jesus is presenting, not just Jesus, but his way of life. And Here's the other thing I want to say about this translation thing, because I don't know if you're a new person, and you think the translation really, and you're trying to figure out, and you want to buy a copy. Right. If you, if you, ha if you haven't gotten it yet, 
I do a lot of my study electronically. I know Nathan really likes to have paper co copies of things, but I'm assuming you also study some I do electronically. Both. Yeah, I have, I have electronically. I love you version. I, I would tell you, I would use it online before you buy a copy. And when you buy a physical copy, this, I'm, I don't work for a Bible seller, so <laughs> just take this as a group. You, the, paying for a really high-quality copy of the Bible that you're going to keep for 50, 60 years oh, yeah. probably is not a wise idea if you really want to use it. Because to use a physical copy is to mark in it and to read it over and over. And the binding's going to break, so you might as well get a cheap one. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you can buy them again and again and again. And when you read through it one year, I know I know a guy who does this. If he buys a cheap copy and he reads through the New Testament every year, he makes his markings in it, and then he dates it, puts that copy away, so that next year when he reads it again, he's not reading his notes as if they are in fact scripture. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he can make new notes again in it. Uh, Interesting. So anyway. All right. That was a lot. I wasn't expecting us to go that far into that version question. Yeah, I don't know. Fun. That, that may fun. not at all answer what the person wants. I enjoy. Do that. we think there's a definitive version of the Bible? Get some vanilla ice cream. Yes. Just go get some vanilla ice cream. Put whatever you want. In your Bible. That's right. I can tell you eat my... ice cream every time. I'll just tell you this much. How do I get you reading your Bible? If every time mm. you read your Bible, you got to eat a bowl of ice cream. Might not be the best for your body. Bonus. But... I can tell you, you know, I had a professor say, unless you read it in the original language, you're not really reading it. Uh -huh. yeah. I would say now he's wrong. Yes. <laughs> but I'm impressed with people who can. Oh, I am too. I mean, he could well, I had a professor as well that would pull out his Greek New Testament, and, and he would translate on the fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen oh, guys yeah. do that. Yeah. And they're like, come on, man. All right, you're just... Man. I know you're smart. You didn't exactly. have to show me. It's like watching Michael Jordan dunk things. Yeah, you go, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm never going to do that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Y'all ready for the second question? Yes. Oh, Pardon. I forgot. It, it's a doofer. It's a doofer. <laughs> second question from the same person. They say, how do we know we are right about Jesus? And how do we defend our religion to non-believers? I, I, know, I know how I know I'm right and that Jesus is the Lord and Savior for myself. But others from other religions feel just as strongly about their own beliefs. So? I think just to briefly, if you know why you believe what you believe, that's how. That's the only way you give your defense yeah. for, for your faith. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wouldn't... The defense assumes someone's asking you a question. Because my first thing would be to say, in my, almost my entire, I mean, mm -hmm. 32 years, I probably have had two conversations in my life with non-believers where they are... And I, I'm using this term loosely for the sake of those people too, slightly aggressive about yeah. uh, questioning mm -hmm. or attack. I have not had many where I'm like, oh, I really need to defend it. I've had lots of conversations where I just answer, hey, why do I believe? They go, hey, why are you a Christian? Yeah. Why do you believe this? Or why do you accept this part of the Bible or not this part? Mm -hmm. But I have not assumed... And I, I know they're using the term defense as we use it. So I'm not even saying you're implying you're being attacked for your beliefs. Yeah. But I know that there is this in the consciousness of Christianity, at least in America, of someone's attacking my faith and I've got to defend it. And if that is where you're at, I would just say maybe the first step is to try and try and root that out of your brain. Because I in agree. my experience, yes. going into the conversation saying, we're at war with one another, and you're coming at me, and I'm on my heels, and I need to have... I'm not saying that is what you're saying, but I know lots of people are. Mm -hmm. 
So I would just begin by, if someone's asking you questions, the best evidence is why you believe. And it may not be rooted in, well, here are the apologetic five reasons I believe in the resurrection, and that really is okay. If they have specific questions about that, there's lots of resources you can point to. But if that's not your reason, it is okay for you to say, yeah, that's that. I, I, I didn't have to get those questions answered. Mm-hmm. For, and that doesn't make you a less intellectual believer. Oh, yes. That doesn't make, it's just people believe for different reasons because of different things. So I just wanted yeah, to say that. That's to great. I was, we, that's interesting. I was just having this conversation with someone close to me and they, they are different in, in, in different than me in that I, I tend to be a more intellectual thinker, right. uh, things like that. I like to have the questions answered and all that kind of stuff. And they were like, I, I get that it's cool for you and that's something that's important. I just, I don't need that. Right. It's not something that I've ever wrestled with. I just, you know, faith for them, they have come at it from a different place. And I go, great. That's right. good for you. So the kind of on, uh, kind of conversations that they would have with someone would be completely different. Like they would right. say, I, I get that that's a question for you. I've never really considered it, nor had I have I needed to. Um, and so, you know, you don't have to defend in those, right. those kinds of conversations. And I will say, back also bouncing off one of your points is, you say I've never really had many conversations where I felt like I was having to defend anything. I, think, I didn't feel attacked. Yes, I, say that. I have right. had a conversation where I have defended what I believe, sure, absolutely. but in the sense of giving an explanation, yes. not in the sense of this mm-hmm. Because I think that's unfair to the people I had the conversation. That assumes that they were... I have had conversations where people have attacked me for what I believe, (laughs) but I didn't think they were looking for an answer. Well, and I'll also say to you that most of the times I felt attacked and I had to defend, it was almost always a Christian that thought I was wrong on some minor nuance of doctrine. That's true, too. Most of the 40 years that I have spent defending something has been some point of doctrine that they would still think, I guess they think. I'm going to heaven, and that we're both Christians. They just want some minute point that they've got to get across. And I used to really work hard at that. Now I go, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, what I was going to say is when I've had felt like I was in situations with conversations with someone who doesn't believe in Jesus like right. I do, um, I just sort of hung out in the Jesus territory, and, yeah. and it never it never tends to go badly. Yeah, I would agree. I haven't met many people that are opposed to Jesus. That's right. There's a lot of things about the church and about Christians and about the way we interpret some things in the Bible that I feel like, you know, get we get crossways on. Right. Um, But when I always lean back to Jesus, it it goes pretty well. And we tend to find some really good common ground to stand on at that point. And then I just say, well, we'll, do, we'll figure everything else out from there. I, I often say that um, in our First Steps class when people come for new and they want to know more about our church, I say, you know, first and foremost, we're just Jesus people. We're standing on the foundation of him and his teachings. There's a lot of things that people, you know, have differences of opinion about and how that applies and, and in the modern context and all of that stuff. Um, and we can have those discussions. But let's all just, can we just all start with Jesus, can we start at the cross? Can we start right there of who He is and what He, you know, what He, what He came to reveal about God? And most people are good with starting from that place. Well, and it, like I think Nathan, this person to ask a question, I think mm-hmm. I would start there. If you know why you believe Jesus is the Lord, yep, I just give those reasons, whatever your reasons are, and then I, 
I would get over trying to think that I have the ability to convince anybody. Yes. Yes. I, I have spent way too much time thinking there is a magic thing I can say that will convince somebody. It's one thing if they ask me, they're genuinely searching. But if I have a friend who's a Hindu, I, I, have, I have a neighbor who's a Muslim, I'm not expecting I'm probably going to have a lot of impact until he wants to yeah. question his faith. If yeah. he's firmly convinced he's right, the only conversations we might wind up having are arguments. And I, I don't really want to argue. I just don't want to argue. I'm willing to tell him why I believe. He's willing to tell me why he believes. We can be really good neighbors, but I don't, I don't think I have the ability. So in those situations, what I do for my neighbor is I pray and ask the Spirit to be at work in his life because the Spirit must be the one to bring conviction. And in the meantime, you just spend your time I love, love loving him and serving him, and I, you let the rest. Yeah. Well, and I think. And the same is true with if this is a child. I find lots of parents because oh, yeah. I'm at that age where lots of parents that have adult kids that have decided they don't want to be Christians anymore. I'm not sure they've decided to do anything else most of the time. And the parent thinks there's an answer I can give yeah. that will fix that. It's probably not true. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard to. I think when we think there's an answer to to get someone to believe or to explain my belief, it makes belief less complex than it is. Uh, belief is not an intellectual thing. And so I have historical intellectual reasons that I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Now, those are not unique to me. Those are not even research I have personally done. I mean, it's research in that I read someone else's research right. and they told me. I have not personally looked at any of those documents and done that. Uh, but I also have not looked personally at the documents that tell me that the earth revolves around the sun, not vice versa. And I've just accepted that the people who did do that research were telling me the truth. Right. So, uh, I, so I have historical reasons. But it's impossible for me to deny that the fact that I grew up in a church community that was healthy and loving and that that influenced my belief. It's also hard that I've seen Jesus at work in my life, that when I follow the way of Jesus at works, it's also impossible to take out the fact that I've had personal, uh, what you might refer to as either spiritual or supernatural experiences with the Holy Spirit, with God. And it's also impossible to take out that I just desire Jesus. That above all else, I find him desirable. I find his way of life desirable. And all of that, just like if someone came to me, and I'm sure y'all have had this with younger people who are single and they'll come to you and go, when did you know that you wanted to marry your wife? And it's more complex yeah, than that. And right. Jennifer and I know regularly say, because we started out when we were 15, it just seemed like it was the right thing to do at the time. Like, it's not a super romantic reason. I didn't have anything else. Honestly, when I say this, I had no glaringly reason to say no. And it felt like, well, this is probably the time we should get married. And so we just did. And we're happily married years later. It's more complex than just, well, I did a pro and con analysis. Almost or everybody's I, decision on everything. Or, yes. one, or one day she said something that yes. just changed everything. Yes, or some emotional way. experience yeah, made it happen. Or this. Way. It's a it's it's complex and all of that is part of it. And so I would just say that to you about as far as everything we've said so far about defending your faith, but knowing the best thing that you can do for anybody who you love and you want them to come to know Jesus is you pray mm -hmm. and you pray 
and you pray. And then you live out the kingdom before them and you be as loving as you can, but you also be as peculiar as you can. You do things that are just kingdom ways. You're gentle in ways that don't make sense. You're humble in ways that don't make sense. You're patient in ways that don't make sense. And that by doing all of those things, your hope is maybe it's the desire for Jesus that awakens or maybe it's questions, intellectual questions, or maybe it's their relationship with you. It's more complex than just answering questions. Yeah. I often have people who will come up after a, a service here on Sunday, especially when I have preached, and they will say, that was amazing. I just wish so-and-so could yep. hear what you... I wish so-and-so were here because I think if they had heard that, and I often just gently, as gently as I can, I often say, well, you know, God had you here. Right. Yep. to hear what you heard for a reason. And I see that it had an impact on you. Thank God for that. And now you can go and take what you have learned and live it out in front of that person. Right. Yeah. And go love that person in a fresh way as God has inspired you to go do. And I think that will have an impact, you and the Holy Spirit, on that person. Just them sitting and listening to this message is probably not going to no. think, do what you think it would do. Right. I often don't say the second part. Mm-hmm. I usually say the first part and don't and leave out the second part because sometimes it's not appropriate. But it, what you said is true. You praying, cooperating with the Spirit in the life of this person, that is your, call it, defense of the faith. It, it is. is the evidence of yeah. Jesus in your life and in this world. And them and the Holy Spirit will have to deal with how they respond to that. Well, And I think that there are two separate things of what Jesus said to the disciples is, you'll go and be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think there's a, a witness. We're just a witness. Right. I'm yeah. a witness to what God has done in my life. And then it's Paul that says, be ready to give it a defense to anyone who asks. Yeah. And if, they, if someone asks me, I try to give a defense. But I don't go into conversations with people that I know are not Christian on the defensive. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong way to go in. That I've, I know my daughter is not a Christian, and I have to defend my faith. No, I have to be a witness yes. to my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, and those stances are really different. They are. Oh, yeah, they are. And I think one's more like Jesus than the other. Yeah, and there are times, I mean, you sure. have to accept that Paul and Peter and people in other countries are called before officials to give a defense of yes. why they follow Jesus. And Jesus said to them, I'll give you the words to say. Yeah. At that moment, I'll give you the words to say. Very few of us are called to give a defense. Right. We're called to give a witness. We're called to be a witness. Yep. Sometimes you have to give a defense, but it hasn't been my case most of the time. Yep. I hope that helps. So, all right, we're done for this week. We have a... Uh, we, we're uh, going to film another one here in just a minute. Okay. For next week. And uh, this question came in like an hour ago. All right. It was like hot off the press. I've never had that happen. Right before we walked in here, someone sent a question in. And uh, we're going to answer it. It's, it's, it's a tad controversial. All it right. It'll be fun. So okay. Come on back. We'll, we'll do our best. So y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next week.